Welcome to episode 28 of Not Braden Storms, today with Carl Erickson. Carl is a coworker of mine, and for many years he has run a guiding business for outdoor excursions. Today I wanted to ask him about a phrase that he uses often, which is that nature is his church. Uh, in the process, uh, I learned about his story and the ways that nature has changed his life, as well as teaching him humility, faith, and gratitude. Carl is a man with a lot of wisdom, and I hope that you can learn from his story. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to support is to share it with other people. Uh, and without further ado, here's Carl Erickson. Carl, what's up, bro? Another wonderful day. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. It's a privilege. Thank you. Um, so as I just said, I've got an overarching question for you and then starting question. So the overarching question is, uh, you say the outdoors are your church. How did that come to be? And what does that mean to you? And then I'll let you start off with what have your chicks taught you about life? <laughs> well, uh, and you can give some backstory. Yeah, no worries. Again, Carl Erickson, you know, um, my chicks, I have several chicks in my life. <laughs> um, chickens, that is. Don't right. the ladies know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just re recently picked up some chicks to be more self-sufficient on my food, you know. Uh -huh. and, uh, that was an intended idea. Uh -huh. But, you know, just caring for something else and, and the affection that they show. It was amazing how mm -hmm. to learn that chicks are pretty smart chickens mm -hmm. and uh in what so in what ways give me some examples you know i mean first of all they just put themselves to bed at night i love that uh -huh. that's an easy one <laughs> right at eight o'clock yeah um they're affectionate and they're very smart you know as they know when you're coming home like a dog would at the door you know they're at the fence waiting for me to let them out um and they actually hop up on your lap and snuggle and you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty unique the way they act, mm -hmm. you know, for, but I've never had chickens before. Yeah. I've had dogs and cats and reptiles and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. These are pretty awesome. Are the chickens, have you learned anything specifically from the chickens or like <sighs> from having the chickens that you wouldn't have learned from maybe like a dog or a cat or something like that? Yeah. How bugs are very important to them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because when I lift something up out here at BC, like there's a grub or something, they are right on that puppy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but. Which probably gives you an idea of the kind of interconnectedness of, of, or, or yeah, just how all the small pieces work together. Yeah. Stuff you wouldn't think about, like the bugs under the rock. Well, yeah. Instead of like wanting to spray them and kill them, you know, or yeah. something. Now you've got somebody that's actually benefiting from them. Right. <laughs> you know, they'll eat them right up. Right. But uh, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, again. They show affection. I show affection to them. They're, I was sitting there, you know, kind of like if you have a dog and you're all alone, you, you chat to your dog. Right. Well, here I am. I got three gals I'm chatting with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm keeping an eye on them because there's, you know, there's critters out here that'll, but they're pretty smart. I mean, yeah. When they see something big fly over, they'll go right under the trailer. Or, yeah. Or into the cage or something. So. Yeah. And to your point, I think sometimes we we tend to humanize smartness mm -hmm. like intelligence is just what we can conceive of as humans yeah which there's so much more yeah the other thing is that how 
communal they are and because in the anxiety they get when they're not around each other like huh. if they can't see one one another they'll chirp out to signal where they're at and the next thing you know they're running towards each other yeah like, oh i love you yeah you. <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool yeah that's sweet all right so outdoor is your church um yeah. Yeah, i've heard you say that to me a couple times um what's the story behind that how'd you get to that point well that's a, that's a nice story uh-huh. um one of many uh when it comes down to that saying it was basically based off of a something that happened to me in my life you mm-hmm. know um 2004 um i ended up doing so me and some friends went out drinking and partying mm-hmm. uh at a 64 cadillac it's a pretty big boat yeah car. yeah yeah um an accident happened due to uh drinking and driving and uh, more to the story but to keep it just on the yeah level playing field not blaming anybody but it was my car mm-hmm. but i necessarily uh so three years after that um ended up doing some catching another dui mm. and even though the first one wasn't necessarily me driving but it looked bad on my records so yeah ended up doing some time i had a family that was young uh, my kids were you know, six and and three and four, and uh, I was taken away from my family, mm. you know, and I was boxed. I was living a life that was, I mean, I was a young father, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and I come from a long background of just rambling, so um, I was learning how to be an adult and a father at the same time as it was happening mm. you know so anyways moving forward i ended up doing some time here in ventura county and i sat for nine months mm. of fighting the good fight because there was going to court and trial and stuff and i remember looking out my little window out of my cell and seeing the topa topa ridge back here and i was like oh man would like to be out there mm. you know because i'm in a box it, you know it's pretty amazing when you lose your freedom just to be outside yeah that your mind starts to really humble itself mm. you know um was that the key was it humility that was the key you think if, um, yeah okay oh, definitely because <laughs> i was at the mercy of everything mm. you know of, of the state of the county of the who was in charge of the lock on that door mm. and then you know we're it's not just me it's several others so i'm having to deal with all the politics and the way things work in there totally and uh i'm pretty easy going but yeah. i'm not i'm no pushover right neither you know right um and so when i was f- filling this you know, like I said, I've been traveling all my life. My mom and dad moved around constantly. So I was always traveling across the United States and this and that. And so being outside was always a part of my upbringing. And when I was looking out the window and I, I prayed to my God, you know, which is probably 
the only one. <laughs> Not really. There's more than one, maybe. All right. But there's only one true God. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I asked, I said, if I ever get the opportunity to get outside these walls, I'll go walk those mountains. Yeah. And uh, I uh, had a moment where after that, I, I said that to myself and God. And um, the following morning, I was heading back to Ventura County Courthouse. I would travel every morning. I'd be woken up at 3 o'clock, put in a room, had breakfast, mm -hmm. and then I'd be shipped off downtown, or I mean, a courthouse in Ventura, and then spend eight hours there and then have to come back every night. So it was, it was exhausting, but I was on trial, and I was woken up that next morning to be put in that same room to be picked up and have breakfast, and... I was just kind of walking through, and I noticed a piece of paper on the floor, and uh, I picked it up, and there was a, it must have been left from a previous, you know, Bible study or something that yeah. was going on in there, and there were some words on there, and I, I, I apologize, I don't remember the, you know, what book it was, but it read that you will go before judges and and I will not let one hair on your head be harmed or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And uh, just that alone, there was more to it, but it was just amazing how it kind of re resonated with me at the time. And from that, and I was pretty scared because I was looking at 13 years, I mean, for something I didn't do, first of all. Second yeah. of all, my kids were young, and I, I personally didn't have a dad alter my you know, childhood years. So to be a father and to be there <laughs> was a big deal to me. Yeah. So I read these words and uh, from that moment on, I just felt super positive about what's going to happen. The truth will be mm. told, you know, and, and no harm will be done and I'll get back to my family and just live a regular life. You know? Yeah. Um, and be there for my kids. So, moving forward, I did end up going to trial, and it was a hung jury, and, you know, they were going to try me again, but I ended up taking a plea mm -hmm. bargain to get out, because it was already nine months, and my wife was out there struggling, and my kids. So, I, I got out. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I kept my word that's all I got, mm. you know, is my yeah. word. And uh, I told my wife that I'm going to go, I'm going to buy a backpack. And she took me out here to the punch bowls for the first time. I'll give her that. <laughs> and uh, that was it. Yeah, it, it was on. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, I'm up and over those Topa Topa Mountains, you know, regularly. Yeah. And, uh, how it was changing my life though at the time was pretty amazing so again the reason why i mean it's my church because when i'm out there i i reflect on the the promise that i made with myself mm. you know and god yeah and uh and I, I see the remarkableness of creation out there yeah you know and the the organic part of spirituality and life yeah you know 
Yeah, so. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. It's yeah. a, such a beautiful story. And I think for, it's a beautiful story for a few reasons. One is the humility piece that you brought up. It's like you were brought to a low. And because of that, we're actually able to come out better for it on the other side. Um, but also, I think like your, let's call it faith, but your your ability to see like, oh, there's, there is something on the other side that's better meant that you're able to like hold fast in a in a difficult situation um so i think those those aspects make it a, a very compelling story um so you said that growing up you spent a lot of time outside did you have the technical knowledge um to kind of go out backpacking and mountaineering before you um, kind of made that promise to yourself and to God? Or was that something you like, you made that promise and then you had to figure out it all out afterwards? Somewhat like that, you okay. know, where I had to figure it out then. Because yeah. I was, I played outside, but I never wore my house on my back. Right. And, and it's leave. a different game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And be back far enough to where, like, I feel, you know, I'm away from society and I'm on my own. Yeah. Um, I was never scared of the outside though. That's the thing is, it, I mean, I played outdoors. I ran across snakes and grasshoppers and frogs. And, you know, I, it was amazing growing up the way I did because I lived in the bayous, Kentucky, Florida, you know, wherever. Yeah. And um. so, but when I did, I didn't even realize there was a huge, you know, community of backpackers. Uh -huh. I was like, I just, knew that's what i needed to have and i mean i didn't start with the quality of gear you know of course not. big five or you know sales and uh i just knew i needed a backpack and i needed a sleeping bag yeah <laughs> everything else i'll figure out tent was one thing but i i knew i could just sleep on the ground until i realized there's bugs <laughs> and, which uh, you probably learned quickly yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> um and you know just being outside was this is what i tell people i go today you know i'm just a stepping stone to get you out into the to the wild yeah. and get you back safe nature does everything else yeah you know it teaches you everything yeah and that's what i was learning on my own mm -hmm. you know i didn't i read lots of books and magazine backpacker magazine i'll give it to them because man they were pretty awesome because i now i had something i could look at and see gear and and how they were marketing it and what's what mm -hmm. you know and and you know once i get into something i like to get into it yeah totally heavily yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh so good gear i realize there's no bad weather just bad gear mm. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i could go out at any time and just be be gone yeah you know so what gets you from the point where like early on you're free you're you're adventuring on your own um and experiencing nature in its fullest to then saying like oh i i need to share this um yeah and obviously i know you started your um your guiding business and have been doing that for a long time how did that kind of come into being just that is is it was changing my life to where, I mean, the heightenedness of all my senses and the appreciation for life everywhere from the, you know, 
branches of the tree to the critter that's running across the trail mm -hmm. you know i mean and i was like oh this is pretty awesome i mean i feel great yeah <laughs> i mean and so i wanted to share that mm -hmm. you know because it's i come from a background of some you know drug and alcohol abuse mm -hmm. and just crazy upbringings right yeah and i know there's a lot more i don't have a unique story yeah yeah because everybody has a story because they live one right and uh but it, it was like oh maybe i could share this with people like myself that needed a little something new in their life that's positive mm -hmm. because we don't really know something until we've been taught something normally i mean there's instinctive stuff but it's nice to have somebody show you the ropes you know and uh, so that's where I thought, well, maybe I could start to take courses and learn more and be safe. Plus, I'm a parent, so my kids were going out with yeah. me a lot and my wife. And um, we were just having these experiences where I was learning to manage people out in the field, yeah. you know, and, and try to help them have a, a smoother time outdoors. Because, yeah. I mean, the outdoors can chew you up and spit you out if you don't you know, yeah. the right mindset too. Um, but that's, you know, that's where I started to think, well, maybe I should look into taking people out on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I, I started putting things together, you know, I started doing cleanups in the back country and just get people outside and that normally wouldn't, they just want to do something positive. Right. Uh -huh. um, and kind of took off from there. And then I started getting, clients that wanted to do serious things. I mean, I, I took it all the way to mountaineering, you know, yeah. and um, winter mountaineering and mixed climbing and stuff like that. And just, you know, peak bagging and, but then all the way to just having a knot tying classes, you yeah. know, that was the thing. It's kind of a whole gamut of information. Yeah. Kind of a shotgun effect sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, but uh, so far it's been really good. I've been doing it for probably, I mean, 15 years now, I yeah. think, roughly. And, uh, Did you um, prefer, so I know that you kind of chose to do it um, word of mouth rather mm -hmm. than like really marketing it and playing it up and then kind of yeah. systematizing it. Can you speak to that decision at all? Yeah, well, that that's a big financial thing too because, again, you know, you've got to carry insurance and this. Yeah. And I did look into it. I was... I went to Alaska and did some training with Knowles and mm -hmm. worked with some programs that were teaching me how to do that. But it, again, I, I'm all about sweat equity. You know, I don't have a lot of finances. So, yeah. and I, I, I could if I wanted to, but really right. it just, I wanted to keep it. It was happening word of mouth, yeah. which was nice because I always worked a nine to five anyways. Yeah. So to take care of the family. Right. And uh, so it was happening when I needed it to, mm -hmm. you know, and it also gave me the opportunity to be outside because if I'm, if I'm away from my family, it's nice to be able to compensate by taking care of them from being apart, you know, apart from them right. financially. Yeah. So it was working out and people were stoked. I was stoked, you know, um, just some great, great times, you know, out in the field and then starting to have those clients tell others mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So, that's I. It just kind of worked out the way I did. Have a website and stuff like that for a long time. Yeah. I was actually um, got 
I didn't necessarily have permits and stuff as well for mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff. So I wasn't really able to get on board with that. So, yeah. But, um, but I didn't ever really need to. Yeah. I mean, so far it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Um, and one thing I'm noticing as you're talking about kind of your experience with the outdoors and comparing that to like your church, right? Yeah. It's like a lot of times what, the good things you want from church, right, are like a place um, where people gather to be intentional and present um, and, you know, interface with with God. And you also have community. Um, and so I, I do totally see those things in in what you're doing. You know, you're you are getting that community and gathering them around a place where, you know, you can be present together. Um, so, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's really good. Do you still have a network of people? Like, do you, do you keep in touch with the people that you've, um, you know, done trips with before? Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. I have several. You yeah. Know? That's the cool part is once it's not like a guy, that's the difference between a guiding service and myself as well mm -hmm. is because I come personal with you. Yeah. It's not just like you hired, you know, you call a service and they send somebody out to perform and get you done with your trip and then gone right i actually like to keep in touch and and i'm an open book for any questions you right. know or um and friendships i mean that's the yeah. cool part is man when you take people outside you get to know them pretty well i'm sure know? yeah and especially if it's multi-day stuff and uh we become vulnerable with each other as well too because you know the outdoors can really kind of be tough. Yeah. You know, especially some of the trips that we do, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I do have a network and I have several friends. I mean, and the other part of that too is it's who you know. So, I, the people that I've taken out, I've taken out doctors, I've taken out business owners, I mean, several people. And it's it's been a blessing for me because it's actually put me where I am today. Yeah. I could trace it all the way back to just relationships that I, yeah. And I live a pretty amazing life today. Yeah. And even simple. Right. But that's what I was wanting. Right. Right. <laughs> it's pretty cool. If you, you get what you ask for, if you, if that's what, you, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's that same idea of, of kind of faith. Yeah. Like it, you, you see that there's something good on the other side and you're willing to, endure for it um and you've even said in our previous conversations like you had a sense that god would provide whatever that looks like yeah um so yeah definitely um oh shoot gotta remember um you're talking about oh yeah so you said you're talking about the harshness of maybe some of the guiding you know being outdoors mm -hmm. Um, can you speak to the kind of dichotomy of nature in that it can be so challenging and harsh, but also so, um, kind of gentle and, um, providing for you at the same time? Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I get the question. I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it's funny how humans are when it comes to physical being today you know some of the most difficult things are just we're just walking you know <laughs> we're walking in the outdoors and 
our physical being plays a mental role on us as mm -hmm. well, right? So, um, it, say we're out there and all of a sudden a storm comes in or something like that, and then, you know, we get rained on, we get wet, we get cold, you know, and, and our minds like, this is, why am I doing this? I mean, I could be at home and my couch and marinating, you know, yeah. and staying warm, watching TV. So it's like all these things are going through. Our, I believe, I mean, I feel that it's 85% mental, mm. you know, because again, I always refer back to, we're just walking mm -hmm. in, in the outdoors. It depends on how you're taking your steps, right? right? <laughs> but, but we're just moving forward. Yeah. And we may have a little weight on our back and stuff like that. And then, and we'll go through these harsh moments where like, we're just, uncomfortable and that's the biggest thing because we've become a creature of comforts yeah you know and um sorry i don't mean to interrupt but i'm thinking of even my backpacking trips where i'm like i'm feeling hungry like yeah most people don't or like a, you know a lot of people in the united states they don't ever get to a point where they're actually like really hungry yeah <laughs> and you, you don't have that much food <laughs> and you've earned it right whatever whatever you're gonna eat right <laughs> so yeah that's a big deal i mean yeah. it, and that's another part of it like you're it's like um hungry tired or you know exhausted or you know and you get a little angry yeah. and that's where you start knowing your other colleagues on the team because some are getting a little tiffy because they're just hungry or or tired yeah. you know and um but then, you know, and if you're, you know, it depends on what, how the trip's running, if you got a location you need to get to. So you're going to struggle all the way till you get to that location. Mm -hmm. That's your point, you mm -hmm. know, for the day. So, you know, you got to stop and maintain a little things, maybe stop and eat. But what's then, you're, you're kind of exhausted in this and that. But when you get to a location and you get to stop, and put everything down even though you're you don't have four walls around you and you're exposed to nature and then there's a peacefulness of that whole thing where mm. you take a deep breath and realize why i'm out here mm -hmm. you know um yeah and you get to share you know the the meal that you share with those people at that time is like so memorable uh, yeah yeah it, it's like and it's earned yeah you know from all everybody in the party yeah you know that's the cool part is it, we're not eating for uh, pleasure. We're eating for necessity now. Yeah, you yeah. know, and we're thinned out, and it does show some rawness. Yeah, you know, which is great for the camaraderie of the people. Yeah, you know, in the group. What what you're saying kind of reminds me. There's a quote by uh, a guy named G.K. Chesterton. Um, well, actually, I don't remember the quote, so I'm paraphrasing. But uh, it's something like along the lines of the most special things are the most normal. The, yeah. the things that everyone does yeah so, right walking eating you know eating a meal together that's actually where the um you know the specialness of life comes from yeah would you think about you know you have a wedding what do you do everybody eats together right um and i do think getting out in nature backpacking kind of draws your attention to just how special those normal things are. Yeah, just the, the simple normal things are like the, the icing on everything, yeah. you know. Um, and what's cool is if you could stop to learn to, you know, see those things mm -hmm. throughout your day even. Yeah. 
that's pleasurable once yeah. you get to that point. Right? And it's a challenge, isn't yeah, it? it? Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, life is lifey, right? You're right. And, uh, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. You know. Um, so then, how did you find yourself? Um, we're working at Real Cheap Sports together. Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> how did you find yourself at Real Cheap Sports? Um What's that meant to you? That oh, kind of stuff? man, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, Tim, here's this. No. Uh, well, it, what's funny is uh, previously I worked at Sports LA. That's right. Okay. And I did that for like, like from 2007, maybe. I did about eight years there, I think. Yeah. Um, And that's one of the, so when I started doing this, this is how intelligent I am. <laughs> um, since I got out, and then I started backpacking, right? Well, <laughs> obviously, the smart thing for me to do is get a job at a, a place that sells backpacks. There you go. And gear. Right? Yeah. So now I get can to learn, learn the gear. All right. And I knew Sportually had a quality. Uh, they weren't big five. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So I learned a lot there. But what's funny about that whole scenario is that I, I like to. Keep people stoked, right? I mean, so if I didn't have the product there, people would come in. I'd say, well, I know another location that may have the product. Yeah. And I would send them over to our Real Chief Sports. And this was happening pretty regularly for years, you know. And Tim was hearing about a, a young man over at uh, Sports Chalet that keeps sending people over, right? <laughs> so it, so it's basically, uh, I was on the payroll, but no, not getting paid. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working for him, but not getting paid. Um, but over the years, he, he, you know, we, I was a, I was a customer over there as well, and I, you know, you get to know people. So in a desperate moment, and I, many years later, mm -hmm. um, they needed some help. Yeah, and I was in between jobs. I was painting at the time or something, and um, he asked if I wanted a job, and I come in an interview and I go I would love to mm -hmm. I mean and it's been like 10 years uh, I've been thinking about working there for 10 years yeah. but never got there right yeah. I just didn't have the opening who wouldn't want to leave there right. right and um so I got the opportunity which brought me back into retail of the outdoor gear because mm -hmm. I've been doing outdoor stuff but I haven't been in the circuit of retail where you meet twice as many people right yeah. and share twice as many ideas with, yeah. with stuff so um i've been there i mean i believe i'm going on five years yeah i mean it, it's it's been amazing right i love working for them um tim and ashley are awesome yeah I mean, but you know mike the buyer he's he's a, like a legend to me yeah. anyways Mike's I love the legend. Yeah. yeah um so Again, this is something I'm pulling from previous conversations that we've had, but I know you've done a lot of different stuff for work, whether it's guiding or sport chalet, or even like um, you're showing me your, you know, your corporate pictures. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yesterday, yeah. Um, what's the importance of small local business um, coming from somebody who's done both? Ah, that's a great question. Well. It's amazing how we overlook um, our 
our general people closest to us, you know, in in business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny you always heard, hey, shop local, shop local. Well, those people are in your community, and mm -hmm. we're all just trying to make ends meet. I and mean, you know, most business owners aren't necessarily millionaires. Yeah. You know, um, but what it's done as well is it's it's work more for the community as well than just trying to be a, a company that just brings people in and out, in and out. We're actually, we, Tim gives back to the community, you know, in certain fashions and supports things and, and which entails, I, I take the store on as personal too. Mm. It's all our store now, mm -hmm. you know, cause we're a family. Yeah. Um, and it's important for me to, uh, remind people to, to shop local because it, I mean, we're not making, you know, big dollars. Yeah, we're yeah. not making really much of that. But, uh, you know, we're just uh, supporting ourselves locally. And, but in return, you're getting personal um, information, mm -hmm. you know, and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, as you as well, you know, you, you get personal with the customer. You're building that relationship. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, you're giving them information that you've experienced. Yeah. You know, and, and using the dollar alone, mm -hmm. you know, to pay for things keeps less fees out. So, yeah, there's just so many little things to work shop locally. Yeah. So compare that to your experience corp with corporate. Well, that was a big one because we, so I was in uh, manufacturing for several years and um, we did. I worked for a company that uh, we had some unique products and I did licensing for them. I started out in the warehouse, but then moved into licensing and then operations management. And um, it, it was really kind of interesting how it's a, it's a tight niche of who you know in that department as well. And I loved it. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing. It's just, it was, to make big money, you most likely are going to have a lot of stress, mm. you know, because you're dealing with lots of money. You're dealing with lots of other people's money. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, and you're having to make really wise decisions and things. It was it was a great learning experience. Yeah. And I did well. It's just I realized, too, that, man, that I'm already I'm almost halfway dead at that time, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, I didn't want to just continue to, you know, stress out over the corporate world or, yeah. you know, office job and, and computer setting, you know, sitting behind the computer forever. Yeah. So that's why it was really nice to break away from that. I did have to mentally tell myself, you know, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit, you know, in my career mm -hmm. right? which was actually one of the best things I yeah ever did. <laughs> but but also humbling oh it, totally yeah because i don't know what to expect now I, as long as i can make ends meet to cover my bills and help my family and things like that it, yeah that's what mattered you know yeah and i did i mean and i'm doing that that's not a again things provide yeah. you know god yeah. provides i don't have to worry about it yeah and i don't mean that just in like a Oh, I don't have to worry about it. God's got it all under control. Mm -hmm. It's basically just we get what we need. Mm -hmm. We don't need a lot. Mm -hmm. You um, 
get to really experience what you have mm. because you don't have a lot and which is nice because those things are are what you know it that our things don't define us but what defines us is how we feel and who we are and those little bit of things that we have really become a great reminder of who we are mm. you know yeah look at this guy oh a little bunny <laughs> Oh, he's tiny. He is. That's Thumper. <laughs> so, uh, that's a good like transition. It's like how has how has base camp kind of been? Uh, which this is base camp. We're in base <laughs> camp right now. Love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How'd you how'd you end up here, and how has it kind of been that? provision that you're talking about well that's... and you can say like when i asked how did you end up here um how did uh you know i've you've told me the story a little yeah. bit about the um the gentleman who you helped take care of um that's kind of what i'm thinking you can tell that story yeah. a little bit uh well um the way i ended up here at base camp was due to like so i was a home nurse for several years uh -huh. as well um and his name was Kevin Natale, and, and he was a young man. He got shot and ended up being, he was a quadriplegic for mm. his life. And I was his first home nurse. That was another hat that I wore, you know, when I was younger. And um, we grew up together, and, you know, he just recently passed away. Mm. Um, and that's how, you know. It was a signature. He was like one of my best friends. You know yeah. what I'm saying. So it was a signature time in my life of learning compassion again for somebody else, mm. and and trying to help. You know him live a a normal life as much as possible. His family was amazing. Yeah, they still are, and they just recently moved. And um, but base camp. The way I came about coming to this place was a friend of mine that I took out climbing one time. Oh, okay. So that's the relationship gotcha. again, how this whole thing happened. And I met him at Sport Chalet and he ended up taking a climbing class and with a gal friend of him, his, and, uh, you know, we hit it off and we ended up climbing some bigger mountains and we've done some pretty amazing stuff. That's mm -hmm. that relationship mm -hmm. continuing totally. through that. And I was going, I was separating from my wife for a little bit after, you know, we've, and, which I still love my wife. That's, you know, which I hear you say often. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and again, I'm not going to ever, it, it's just the way it's supposed to be right now. And, um, so we separated, I needed a place. I, I had a van, um, which I would, I wanted her and my son to stay in the, the home. Obviously mm -hmm. it's my, the safest place. Of right? course. And and I'm not too far down the road from them, but uh, I needed a place to park. And I was standing with a good friend of mine, not too far away, about a mile away, right. in the same canyon that I'm living in now. And he let me stay there for a year, a little over a year, and it was amazing. You know, I was, I was learning how to maneuver living without... Uh, 
you know, being able to just go kick back and yeah, the comfort of the comforts again, right? The creature comforts, and um, but, but I managed. I made things work. I, I uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, thriving, not just surviving. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, so I've been doing it. Like it's, I'm going on two and two and a half years now, and I'm, you know relationships are still good mm-hmm. you know i have uh everything i need i have mm-hmm. just a shower meal or you know restroom you yeah know? um but that's how i ended up here really so it was through the outdoor relationship yeah you know and and he's a believer as well you know and you know he, he's just blessed as well as i am yeah to be able to offer a place for me to stay here yeah totally you know so that's pretty cool i've heard i've heard someone say i can't remember who it was but they said um it was on a podcast i was listening to and they were talking about where does where is the value in a transaction right Mm -hmm. so like if me and you make a transaction where's the value and this guy's making the argument that it's the people it's not the it's not the thing it's being transacted it's the it's the value of the relationship between the people um, because somebody has, you know, a surplus and somebody has a deficit or, or, you know, whatever it is, Yeah. somebody has a surplus, somebody has a want, and it's the relationship that makes the thing valuable. Um, so I think that's a cool illustration of that. I totally and, agree with that. I mean, yeah. I think that's where the relationships come in. It's who yeah. you know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I've heard that growing up and I really didn't understand what that was. Who, you know, well, you know. Uh, until I was old enough to realize, man, it's who you know, because especially if they're, you know, quality relationships, we all help each other out along the way. I mean, it's like not what you're given. It's just the relationship yeah. somehow, like you're saying. And and I, every, I'm just a little bit of everybody I've ever met. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel as well. Mm-hmm. Because, and I've been around quite a bit, so I've had a a lot of download right yeah you know and uh it's just been amazing once you realize that you don't have to force anything and you can have great ideas and really work towards things but if you also are um, humble enough to allow things just to happen and not get anxious or angry that they're not going exactly the way you want them mm-hmm. but it's pretty amazing how things end up turning out after yeah. you just let go yeah i mean yeah that's cool yeah um, it's pretty well and it take like like you said earlier it takes humility to be able to do that so respect for that yeah um i think probably like a final ish question um would be like we've talked about the many hats that yeah. you've worn um and you briefly mentioned the many places you've lived what can you um what can you say as somebody who's not a specialist um but more of like a generalist somebody who's dabbled um what advice would you have to be whole about maybe trying new things or kind of exploring uh exploring those new things whether it's a place or a profession or a hobby i i definitely am a fan of you know, people putting it out there verbally of what they want to do. 
Mm. You know, because you're speaking it into being mm-hmm. in some fashion or mm-hmm. manifesting, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I also I believe, you know, in scripture, you ask, you shall receive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and to this, we're not very, we're, we're limited up here in our mind by our own selves. Yeah. You know, because if you really want to do something, and I've talked about keeping it realistic. But mm-hmm. life is pretty amazing yeah. and can be fun, and you shouldn't hold back enjoying this life. You know, um, it's pretty short in mm-hmm. some fashion. You know, especially with the microplastics. <laughs> but um, yeah, we didn't even get in. Yeah, that's all. That. That's episode two. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but just saying, you know, it's it's. I would just say, you know. Enjoy the life. Love, love is the biggest thing. Right. You know, if you can learn what love really is to you and, and share that with other people, mm-hmm. it's amazing what comes back mm. to you if you just allow it. Yeah. Um, and I know that's love is a word that's been, you know, used over and over again. But we've discussed, mm-hmm. you know, how I feel about the word and what it really means to me. It's just sharing positive you know just sharing things that are valuable mm-hmm. um from for yourself but also to others and yeah. that's just giving a shit yeah yeah you know <laughs> i mean um to me at least and, and so that can also that also plays a role into allowing you to experience things that you want to do in life and, yeah and not being scared because i mean what's there to be scared of right you know when you and if you love something it, follow it you know yeah and and don't don't hold back on yeah appreciating that love you know which what i hear yeah what i hear you saying is kind of like if you hold on to that idea of love of like giving giving something positive um and you take that with you wherever you go and let that idea guide you uh you're gonna be you're gonna be in good shape in the long run so far so good yeah yeah (laughs) i mean thank you for being here right i mean because again this is a relationship and you know my how i feel about just you know from bugs to my birds and you know and the relationships i have with the grass mm-hmm. you know it's pretty cool because yeah. uh this is where i wanted to be believe mm. it or not you know years ago this is this yeah. allowed me to be where i i am today is outside yeah you know and and appreciative of pretty much it, just the little things in life yeah yeah to reiterate, humility, faith, gratitude, you I think you embody those things really well. Um, so I appreciate you sharing your story. And I think for those people listening, uh, they've got a lot to learn from, you know, a short little short <laughs> yeah. little hour conversation. Well but, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very Carl, much. Thank you. you know.